Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Welcome back to the third hour of Raider Nation Radio's Morning Tailgate. Thank you for being with us here on this beautiful and perfect day. Vinny Bonsignor, Clay Baker with you as we get into a lot of the 53-man roster story and article that Vinny Bonsignor, he himself put up at VegasNation.com. We're going through some of the list of names, and we're going through some of the competitions that are taking place. We've got some great thoughts on the text line, 69187 from Sam and Ash. Text line, we'll read those here in just a few minutes. But joining us now is our good friend Albert Hall. With the Vegas Summer League, Albert Hall has been a part of this for so long, ever since its inception here in Las Vegas, and it's taking place very, very soon in July. In fact, July 7th, it all tips off here on Raider Nation Radio and at ESPN Las Vegas. July 7th, live here, it'll be number one. Paulo Banchero against Jabari Smith, number three of the Houston Rockets. And it's unbelievable. July 7th at the Thomas and Mack Center in Albert. It seems like only yesterday we were talking about how the Vegas Summer League keeps growing and growing. And that was just last year. But it's the truth. Each and every year, this becomes one of the biggest events in Las Vegas. And I can't believe it's right around the corner. So what did you think uh, when uh, when it all went down earlier just uh, last week? That who was going to go number one? Because it's big for the Vegas Summer League because number one has to play in the big arena on opening night no question hey Vinny clay great to be with you clay we go way back uh, uh, early days of summer league so uh, come full circle here on raider raider nation but yeah we are very excited the, the draft worked out very well for us i mean between paulo and jabari and then having this this dynamic where they flip-flopped one and three and then <laughs> they just happened to go head to head on opening night here at summer league so sometimes we get lucky and then get the fortuitous bounce but Look, we're, we're excited. It's season 18. We're going to have a packed house. We start on a Thursday and end on a weekend. Um, so really two, two full weekends of hoops. Um, you know, this draft class has turned out to be pretty stellar and, and a lot of great dialogue, a lot of good up and coming players. I think it, it staggered to where that Thursday night matchup, then Friday, you've got some great matchups. And then Saturday, you've got, you know, Chet Holmgren debuting. So plenty to be had and, and hoops for everyone on that opening weekend. Albert, I used to wonder, um, you know, with uh, the one and done and, and uh, you know, college basketball not being able to uh, kind of cultivate some of the young stars uh, of tomorrow, uh, how much that would hurt um, things like the, the, the Summer League and the name factor. But it was so funny because the last few drafts, uh, I have a son and daughter. Uh, they're 17 and 15 now. Uh, but for like the last three years or so, and I'm not kidding around, they know so many of these young players um, through Instagram, Twitter, social media, uh, and they've been following li- following them literally since high school. Um, so it's it's crazy how um, because of social media, these names, even though they're not staying in college as long as they used to, these names are. There's no less uh, of a of a name factor with these guys. Do you sense the same thing? No question. I mean, we've kind of flip flopped the. Linear CBS and Big Monday showcases of college basketball with the every day, every minute content feed that we have of, of young basketball. And so these guys do come in with a brand. They come in with a following. You know, and overall, they've managed it pretty well. Sure, some, you know, take some missteps, but 
it's a business now. I mean, especially the days of NIL and everything else now that we're in. I mean, this whole ecosystem has changed. So to your point, I mean, I have a daughter as well. I mean, she knows who these guys are and, and knows knows about their, you know, interests and their followings. And that's one of the reasons why we've, you know, for a long time, we kind of stuck our head in the sand was, okay, whatever, this is happening. But now we're embracing it fully. I think all the basketball fans are. And even this year at the, <clears throat> excuse me, at the Summer League, we're going to start on that opening night with a social influencer game of all the top basketball influencers out there. <laughs> And they're going to play in Cox Pavilion before that doubleheader. So we've got some announcements coming up. But, uh, you know, partnering with a company like 2K Sports, that gets us right into that realm, not only social, but gaming community. I mean, it's just the world we live in. But uh, at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of good that's starting to come out of it rather than just noise. July 7th through the 17th here in Las Vegas. It's the Vegas Summer League. You can get your tickets at unlvtickets.com. And I'll tell you what, each ticket gets you access to all the games at both the Thomas and Mac and Cox Pavilion, up to eight games per day. It's an amazing experience. So it's perfect for families. Go online, unlvtickets.com, July 7th through the 17th. And I think that's one of the, the great factors is that once families go and see it once, they can't wait for it to come back again because you get not only the access of going to all those games that are listed on your ticket but you also have this great little uh you know synergy inside the cox pavilion and thomas and mag center and you can see player appearances you'll see gms coaches other players they all come out for this experience because they want to see the youngins play the first and second year players but at the same time it's just an event that over the years it's become very comfortable for execs and players to just come and hang out with fans yeah it's that festival atmosphere that's really what we've been trying to accomplish over the years and as you said, it's just that season where everyone kind of lets their guard down a little bit, um, you know, so they do enjoy the experience just like a fan would. And you never know who's going to sit next to you or you're going to, you know, wait in line for a hot dog with whatever it may be. I mean, I've had cases where you know, some of our courtside seat holders, I'm like, hey, can you move over one? And the guy's like, why? And I'm like, I'm going to sit LeBron right next to you. So, I mean, you just never know, right? And that's kind of the... The allure of Summer League is each and every day there's something different. As you mentioned, I mean, there, for, for families, we're bringing back our autograph stage this year. Um, we're really excited about integrating in a new sneaker lab concept where uh, fans can come and actually design their own shoes. That's going to be on the concourse both weekends. Uh, we have a live studio set there with all kinds of different programming, all different shows taking place. Um, you know, the Papa shot, you name it. I mean, it's cheaper than day camp, and uh, at the end of the day, you're getting eight games a day, and we think it's the best value in sports and entertainment. You know what else you're getting at the end of the day uh, is, all, is, is, a, is a guarantee that uh, the players that you see next week or, you know, when, when you guys kick off uh, this year at the, at the Summer League, um, you're going to see these guys graduate to greatness in the NBA. It's inevitable. We see all the players that were in the NBA Finals this year that have gone through uh, Las Vegas in the Summer League. Heck, I can remember being uh, at the Long Beach State Pyramid uh, to watch Kobe Bryant's <laughs> first Summer League game and also seeing a guy by the name of, you know, uh, other great young players uh, that, that, that the Lakers had uh, that, that on that Summer League team. So you're, you're going to see great players, and I'm sure from your perspective and your position, uh, that that that's there, there's got to be a sense of satisfaction uh, just in the fact that you're delivering something that is inevitably going to turn out to be great down the road. Yeah, I mean that's an exciting part of, of this entire uh, process is is helping these these young men uh, you know achieve success and whether you're working with them at an early age, which a lot of coaches did. I was on that grassroots tour for 
10 plus years and and saw a lot of these kids coming up and you know when they do come and a Steph Curry shows up and you know he drops 30s next game as a, as a summer league player like there's something special about that guy and if you look at our wall of fame up there from Chris Paul to Kevin Durant to Blake Griffin to Steph Curry to Jimmy Butler to you name it this goes on and on and on those guys all start in Vegas and that's the beauty of what we've built over the years uh, and the other thing Vinny too they all come back yeah. as proven stars <laughs> So they want to be there. They're like, hey, this is where I cut my teeth. They feel welcome. We always do our best to make them welcome. You know, we've got a lot of uh, ancillary events going on that they can partake in. And their teams now have taken Summer League as an opportunity to bring in other partners, bring in their veterans, acclimate their new coaches. So it's really just a, you know, a hotbed of basketball and, and everything that you do there, you kind of remember um, as you go down the road. And great relationships are formed and great memories are, are to be had. We're speaking with Albert Hall with the Vegas Summer League and Hall Pass Media. Get your tickets for the Vegas Summer League, UNLVTickets.com. First game, big night, July 7th, live in Vegas. Rockets against the Magic, number one against number three. And the Blazers face the Pistons, number five against number seven. That'll be awesome. But you know what? You can't underscore of how important these uh, these games are. They're not just exhibitions. In fact, this is where a lot of teams began to build their nucleus into something much larger. And I'll never forget the year that the Golden State Warriors started out and their nucleus worked together for that first time here in Vegas. They had about you know five to six days where they were able to work together, and they eventually won the title that year. But that nucleus right there, it was the first time they were able to really get together in game shape and get in game time and game speed. And look what happened. That built the foundation that showed up into a dynasty many years later. Yeah, it's a culture changer, and they'll tell you about that moment as well. Mm-hmm. It was our first summer league championship. You know, between Draymond and the guys that they had on that squad, I mean, it was just a really good moment, and and they parlayed that in each and every year. I mean, you looked at a team like Memphis. You know, they come out, they they won the summer league championship, then they turned that into a successful season. Um, you know, take take Detroit for example. I know for a fact I talked to Coach Casey the other day. I mean, Kate Cunningham is going to be playing that opening night. Wow, really? So he, he yeah, oh yeah, he's ready. But as he said, this is our team. You know, they don't have a ton of veterans. Um, I tell you what, the kid they drafted, Jaden Ivey, is going to be worth watching. He is a spectacular young player. So if you talk about he and Cade, the backcourt of the future, they're going to be on display at Summer League opening night. So that, that's the type of storylines and, and the type of development, as you said, um, where teams want to see what they're made of. They're playing in front of live audiences. There's a little something on the line. Uh, it's just great to, to see that develop and play out and, Look, each year there's somebody new who steps up and catches everybody's eyes. It's inevitable. And that person can really make a name for themselves. And and I'm really excited because this class, I think there's probably eight or ten. I mean, you talk about Portland with the shade on Sharp. He's the mystery man. He's going against that Detroit team on opening night. So there's there's a lot to be, uh, a lot of storylines to play out here. Albert, I'm not going to beat around the bush uh, from Los Angeles. So, uh, of course, I'm always curious about uh, the Lakers. Uh, tell me a little bit about Max Christie, uh, their, their rookie from Michigan State, who I'm uh, pretty much uh, going to assume is going to be uh, here in Las Vegas. But not only that, uh, for, for Laker fans that may not uh, have gotten the memo, uh, but they've also signed to their uh, summer league team um, the, the son of, uh, of Shaquille O'Neal and also uh, the son of Scottie Pippen. So some star power for the Lakers, uh, no doubt, uh, in the summer league this year. Yeah, Lakers always bring a, a good team and a, an interesting team. Um, the Christie, the Christie kid, I've, I haven't seen a lot of Michigan State this year. You know, I understand he's more of a combo player and 
Uh, probably a guy that's going to be a rotate, you know, try to find a rotation uh, spot there. You know, he's not going to come in and be a starter unless he wows everybody. But, you know, you talk about a kid like Austin Reeves who had a great year yeah. last year or, or the Max McClung, Mac McClung, you know, some of the guys that they've had success with on the G League side. I'm sure they'll put together a great roster, and it never hurts to have the, the likes of Pippen and, and Shaq out there supporting you um, with their young ones. You know, I know Sharif is, is bounced around a little bit, but obviously a talented player. And I think Pippen played over with Stackhouse and Vandy. So, I mean, there, there's a lot a lot of good players um, out there in the player pool. That's the other thing, too. I mean, they're adding players every day. And, um, you know, we've been watching it as these teams pick up guys, and then there's some veteran guys that are coming back trying to make it. And, you know, they, they just see that, look, Summer League is live reps. It's the best way to work with your team. And for a team like the Lakers, I mean, their coaching staff is new. So they're going to become, you know, everyday voices for these young players. And it all starts at Summer League. They start running the same sets and the same terminology. So when they hit camp, they're, they're accelerated already. Albert, um, we're, we're starting to hear more and more that there's the possibility of expansion coming uh, to the NBA, maybe even two teams to round it out to 32. Could be a team coming to Las Vegas. Uh, we'll, we'll keep uh, an eye out uh, on that. But regardless of where um, they expand to, uh, the fact that the um, you just mentioned the talent pool, and this is why I wanted to ask you that, uh, the fact that you you might stretch it out to another thirty two uh, t- uh, or another two teams, thirty two teams. Uh, that's about another thirty players uh, to, uh, to to staff those rosters. Uh, I'm of the b- mindset, especially seeing so many uh, international players being drafted uh, and and coming to the NBA. When you think about it from a worldwide perspective, there's plenty of talent to be able to uh, field thirty two teams. Where do you fall on that? I agree with you. I think there's plenty of talent to go around. Um, you know, you're still going to have those high-end, veteran-laden teams that are going to be competing for championships, but it's a process. You know, whether you're a young team, I mean, look at the Knights. <laughs> the way they came out, and, you know, that first year was great with all those vets, now they're kind of back to building the squad. I mean, it's the same thing with the, whoever comes in. I think there's a lot of talent out there. This talent is, is becoming, there's other opportunities for it to accelerate as well. You've got, you know, G League, you've got some international, as you mentioned, the International League. I mean, look at the players internationally that are coming over. I mean, between Jokic, Doncic, you know, yeah. uh, Giannis. I mean, look at these international, Embiid. All these guys are running for the MVP. So I think they've caught up quite a bit at the high-end talent. And then when you start talking about filling in the gaps, um, you know, you're talking about some of these guys that may be on at someone's bench who don't get the type of minutes but get another opportunity. And a lot of times they'll show you what they're made of. I mean, there's teams all over the league that are like that that where – guy gets another opportunity in a different location to, to restart his career and, and it, it a lot of times it works out real well so those expansion teams in my opinion if they ever do happen i think there'll be plenty of talent to go around so uh, 18 years in the making of all this great work here in the vegas summer league albert hall we're here with us uh you know what i gotta ask you what your favorite memory is and one of mine is uh, when Vinny brought up the lakers was the year lonzo ball was taken second by los angeles and his dad uh, Lavar was set up in a special chair. <laughs> it was prominent, but yet away from the fans and away from the bench. Can you describe how crazy that scene was and what that chair looked like so people can explain what it was? Because it was almost like he looked like a lifeguard ready to save somebody's life. Yeah, I mean that was that was kind of a, a crazy crazy year the, between the, the <laughs> Lavar Ball show and, and what Lonzo did on the court was great. People forget Lamelo was in tag at, at that time too. He was a young guy who, as he talked about, Vinny with the internet sensation. So, yeah. 
I mean, there was so much going on there. But at the end of the day, very, very respectful people. They were happy for their children. I mean, it was it was a really cool moment. Like, it got caught up with, you know, a lot of the hype and what's going on with LeVar. But at the same time, he was a proud dad, you know. And, and that was the one thing that we all took away. Because when you're talking to him when the cameras aren't off, that's all he wanted to talk about was how proud he was of his son. And, you know, I got two more coming. I got two more coming, right? That was his whole thing. And, uh, you know, and Lonzo went out there and put on a show. He he played great. I mean, you remember LeBron LeBron passed up the ESPYs that year to come watch him play Summer League. So, right. obviously, there was something going on there. Um, you know, each year there's always a couple good stories like that. It's one of my favorites was, was I just remember a packed Cox Pavilion for John Wall as the number one pick. And, and this guy uh, for the Dallas Mavericks that no one knew about, uh, Jeremy Lin, comes out there and just tore him up. And it was like, <laughs> who the heck is this? And that's really where Lin Sanity was created, was in Cox Pavilion. So that's one of the moments. I have many, many, many moments. But uh, each year, like I said, there's those memories that take shape there. And you tend to remember them and say, I saw that guy win. And then we all cheer for him the rest of their career. Well, Albert, it's great having you on. Uh, I can't wait to see you again over at the Vegas Summer League. It's coming up just nine days away. We really appreciate your time, and let's do it again real soon. All right, guys. I appreciate it, and thanks to all the Raiders fans out there. Come on out and enjoy some hoops. Thank you, Albert. That we will. Thank you, Albert. We appreciate it, man. And uh, get your tickets, unlvtickets.com, all 30 teams are showing up to Vegas. They play five games each. Some play more. And then they have the title game at the end of the run. But that first night is huge where they have number one against number three, number five against number seven. And it all takes place. All the games on your uh, on, the, on the day of your ticket, you get to see them all. Cox Pavilion, Thomas and Mac, nothing beats it. UNLVtickets.com. It's, um, the Summer League is such an institution. It's become now an institution here in Las Vegas. Uh, previously, the, the, the bigger ones, there's been some um, satellite ones in Orlando and, and Salt Lake City, but the major one, this one here in Las Vegas, actually derives from the one that was in Los Angeles for so many years. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I'm aging myself, but I literally saw people like David Robinson for the first time uh, in the NBA. <laughs> yes. You could name any NBA superstar, you know, from that era on. Um, and and I saw them at the NBA Summer League team uh, at the NBA Summer League in Los Angeles. Uh, that was you know one of the one of the uh, perks of living uh, in LA. But if you're living here in Las Vegas or traveling here to Las Vegas. Um, the summer league is, and you're an NBA fan. The summer league is something that you have to go to because you're literally seeing guys that are going to be superstars in a very short order. Uh, like like the NBA Finals, the, all those guys <laughs> played in the summer league, whether it was in LA or, or here in Las Vegas. Like like you are literally going to see up close and personal too. And there's a lot of interaction between the fans and the players. You're literally going to see the stars of tomorrow and be able to look back and say, like like I. David Robinson, Kobe Bryant, you know, on and on and on and on, um, and and say, wow, I I saw those guys when they were 19 years old, you know, 18 years old, 20 years old, when they were just starting out, and look at them now. Oh, and you're really close to all the action, and you know, here's another set. Like, it's not an exaggeration to think like the coaches and execs and other players are going to be in the stands as well. Oh, yeah. The head coaches don't manage the team's assistants do for the Vegas Summer League, but they're in the stands watching everything, and throughout the city. So if you want to come and travel out here you're not going to miss out on anything because throughout the uh, on the strip 
the players are holding huge nights at all the clubs. Foundations are all the setup where you have uh, you know special dinners, special meetings, golf outings. There's so much stuff with the NBA that comes in those two weeks. You won't miss out on anything. You'll go to the games one day, and then you'll go hang out at the club at Lavo and see everybody hanging out there too. And here's another thing. I've had a lot of fun just watching other players and other coaches and even owners show up. And my, I think my favorite memory out of all was sitting at the Cox Pavilion, which is a smaller arena, and um, in the front row right there, uh, you know, sitting, you know, two, three rows away from me is Floyd Mayweather Jr. Yeah. And then Clippers owner Donald Sterling. And they were having the best time of their lives. They were hanging on to each other like they were war buddies. You know what I mean? And it's crazy to see those two hanging out, but that's the kind of stuff you will see if you come to the Vegas Summer League. So get your tickets, UNLVtickets.com. You'll never be uh, uh, you'll never be more impressed at this kind of show that they do. It's beyond just the exhibition. It's the game. It's the autographs. It's everything you've ever wanted when you go and see the National Basketball Association. We'll step aside here. It's Vinny and Clay on your Monday. We'll read some more uh, text uh, from the Sam and Ash text line, as well as get your thoughts on the 53-man roster. Interesting thought on the running back room as well as the wide receivers and more on other side with Vinny and clay it's radio nation radio hit up the show on twitter at clay baker radio and now back to the morning tailgate on radio nation radio 9 20 a.m yeah from what I, from my perspective those guys they seem really close and you know they're always with each other they're always golfing after practice or after OTAs um, and you see pictures of them uh, when he signed here they had posted a selfie on FaceTime and they had posted on Instagram but uh, they're very close and one thing about Devante that I've learned is that he's a very hard worker uh, you know if he if he doesn't do something right he'll try to go do it again he won't say hey I, I got this he'll go out there and, and do a rep and, and, and repeat the drill um, and that that goes to show you that he loves football he loves the game uh, he's a hard worker I think uh, him himself is a dangerous person to have uh, for our team, uh, for for different defensive coordinators. Um, I would hate to be a defensive coordinator at night going to sleep knowing I have to face Devontae Adams that Sunday. So um, I'm glad he's on my side. It's the Monday morning tailgate. I, 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 I. Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor. That was Chandler Jones on the herd from Friday talking about Devontae Adams and Derek Carr having that special relationship. And I love that spot at the end where he's like, I'd hate to be a DC trying to figure out what we're going to do. I'd hate to have those sleepless nights wondering, uh, you know, and that's not an exaggeration. Can you imagine? That's a statement of fact. <laughs> it's, it's not hyperbole. It's not an exaggeration. Um, it's not wishful thinking. It's literally the case. <laughs> Think about it. Uh, opposing defenses have to figure out how to stop Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, uh, Darren Waller, Derek Carr, Josh uh, Jacobs, uh, everyone else that's that's on that offense. I mean, good luck with that. Good <laughs> luck with that. That's that's It's an impossible task. Yeah, because as soon as you think you're keying up on something, Josh McDaniels knows probably your behavior better than you realize you know yourself. And he'll figure out your tendencies, what you're trying to mask up. Right, and and we, we we've talked about this. It's not just um, you, when you're a defensive coordinator, you're not just trying to match up, um, you know, head to head, play to play with Josh McDaniels. Although you are, but it's it's not the only challenge. The next challenge is you've got a quarterback in Derek Carr 
who is as smart as a whip, and he understands football. He understands, uh, you know, controlling a game, managing a game um, at the line of scrimmage as well as anybody in the league. And I will, I will say that you can you can say what you want about it, but I know that to be true. Uh, especially, you should have just heard during the 2020 season when nobody was in the stands and and how he manipulated and managed games at the offensive at the uh, at the line of scrimmage. You also have that to contend with. And I tell the story about Wade Phillips talking about Sean Payton. Like, yeah, I got to think along the lines of Sean Payton, but then I also have to think about that last line of defense, which is the final call being made by Drew Brees and what he's seeing at uh, the line of scrimmage. So what I'm saying is, as a defensive coordinator, you have to be thinking along the lines of, of Sean Payton the, when he was the head coach of the New Orleans uh, uh, Saints, or, yeah, the New Orleans Saints, and now Josh McDaniels with the Raiders. But then also, whatever you're doing defensively, the quarterback, Derek Carr, is going to be looking at and sizing up and, uh, and, and, and figuring out a way to attack it, whether it's with the play that he came out of the huddle with or a play that he switches off to. So whatever you're doing, you better make sure that you're either disguising it really well or executing it really well because Derek Carr is going to see it and then take it from there. And that's difficult to match up with. Having that kind of certainty in your wide receivers is something that Derek Carr hasn't had um, you know, for a uh, full season in a long time. And this is going to be something where he can really start to find out more about his game with all the weapons that he has. And and in uh, VegasNation.com, Vinny's story about you know projecting the 53-man roster, coming up to the wide receiver position group, you have Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Demarcus Robinson, Keelan Cole, and Matt Collins. But yet you also mention a, a name, Tyron Johnson, mm-hmm. is expected to make a push. How would you describe Tyron uh, to everyone else out there who may not realize you know, what, what kind of uh, factors he brings to this? Speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a legit 4-3 guy, um, and, and that's something that the Raiders don't have um, necessarily from their, from their other wide receivers. I, you know, I get asked this question a lot. Uh, do the do the Raiders need to uh, have that speed element? Do they need to do, have somebody that can legitimately take a top off of a defense? It's nice to have, um, no doubt about it, and it can be important. Um, but I don't know if you have to like um, manufacture it by 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 maybe ne- uh, negating um, another part of your roster in order just to have that on your roster at wide receiver, especially if it comes in the form of a sixth player. Um, I just, I, I don't know because I think you, you have so many good wide receivers that can get open and can hurt you down the field in, in, in a Devonte Adams. Heck, we've seen Hunter Renfro, uh, you know, uh, beat people on, on the long ball. So I don't know mm-hmm. if you have to have it, uh, but it sure would be nice if they can figure out a way to keep that on the roster. What about, uh, as we see from the text line, 69187, the Salmon Ash line, Tyron Johnson being used in special teams, perhaps as a kick returner or punt returner? Well, if he makes the team, he's got to. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. a given right there. Um, he's not making the team unless he's going to also be able to contribute on special teams, and that's what he does. I mean, he's he's a guy uh, that, that you know you can line up um, as far as the, uh, the kickoff return. I'm not quite sure about punt return. I don't think he did that last year. That was primarily Hunter Renfro uh, back there yeah. uh, on, on, on punt returns. So... Um, you know, and, and it's so interesting about kickoff returns because, you know, the general wisdom was with the rule changes, 
um, you know, moving the moving the kickoff up uh, a little bit further. Teams were just going to knock it out of the uh, out of the end zone, line it up at the twenty five. Uh, let's roll. So well, a little returns this however, last year and no, year no, before. no. It's getting more. No, though. is it? Yeah, because str- strategically, um, what what uh, what kickoff re- what special teams coaches are are starting to figure out is you know what if we can stop them ahead of the twenty five. Statistically, it shows that it's much harder to go score uh, points if you can if you can keep them in front of the twenty five. So what they're doing is they're almost daring teams to run it out. They're putting they're putting the kick right there at the goal line, uh, enough where the the return man saying I'm right here, <laughs> you know, like or at the one yard line right. where you have to run it, um, and then hoping that their that their uh, kickoff return unit is good enough to knock you down at the fifteen or the twenty or the twenty one somewhere ahead of that twenty five. So yes, for for a year or two, it was just kick it out of the end zone, kick it out of the end zone, kick it out of the end zone. But you're seeing more and more teams saying, you know what, we feel pretty good about our coverage team. Uh, we can stop that guy before the 25. Now there's challenges to that, and sometimes a team can break one. Uh, but if you're, like I said, uh, stopping them before the 25, you're putting your defense in a much better position. Yeah, and I think that's probably like the the new strategy now to see if you can push that kind of tempo because if you make those decisions, those split-second decisions, when you're near the one, you have to go and find some sort of opening. And you know what? Challenging certain special teams, you're going to find out who really has good special teams direction. And not all of them do. It's just as hard to find good special teams as it is to find you know a solid quarterback in this league. So so take some chances with yeah, that. Yeah, and and from a, I've talked to kickoff returners about this. Um, from their perspective, hey, if I'm backing up, if I have to back up to get it, even if it's if it's if it's right right inside the uh, the goal line, I'm probably not gonna uh, run it out. But if I'm coming forward to it, and that's the thing that they do, man, they'll mm-hmm. they'll they, they they these guys are so good and so precise uh, from a kickoff perspective. Uh, that they're going to put it really where they basically where they want to, and if it's if 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 you're having the kick returners stepping forward right at the cusp of the goal line inside, even if it's if if it's behind it, something in their head is going to say, "I'm moving forward." I got the momentum going in the right direction. Let me just take off and try to get it beyond the twenty-five. That's their thinking. That's their thinking. Yeah. You know, um, uh, but th- hey, if you're if you're a special teams coach and you're talking to your return guy, you better get it to the twenty-five. If you're making that decision, at the very least, you better get it to the twenty-five. And when you don't, again, it puts defenses in a better position, and the offense it puts it in a much worse position. The last kickoff return for the Raiders was two thousand and eleven for a touchdown. For a touchdown, and the punt. Last punt return for a touchdown, 2018. Dwayne Harris did that for the Raiders against Denver. Um, Although Hunter had one that got called back. He and did. people still dispute that call. Oh, man. And there was an Abram penalty, right? And it I brought it back. So, and yeah. it was like, that was against the Broncos. And the Raiders were just thrashing Denver at that game. And it was like, that thing was, that, that thing was coming home. But what do you think about Hunter continuing on punt returns? Love it. Yeah? Yeah. Look at Julian Edelman did it for years mm-hmm. for the Patriots. You can't play this game scared. I know that, you know, um, you have to think about uh, injuries and, and all that. But but I'm pretty sure that Hunter Renfro said, let me, because he knows. He's good at that. He's got a knack. And Julian Edelman was really good. You could go look at, if, if, you, if you're looking it up, uh, let me know how many, uh, you know, years. He was literally the punt returner in addition to doing everything else that he was doing for the Patriots. So when you have a weapon like that, um, and and the philosophy there is go get me a first down. And when I say a first down, the punt, the, the special team coach is telling the uh, the punt returner, get me ten yards, get you ten yards, you get know me what? ten yards, get me a first down. Yeah, t- touchdowns are really out of the realm of I expectation. Mean, it but get some positive yardage. Yes. What can we do that? And Hunter's so great with that first step. Right. 
Like he almost like he 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 makes that first guy miss so many times. Now sometimes that guy's going to be right up on you. There's nothing you can do. I don't care how many fakes you put on him. Um, you know you're dead meat. But um, he, he's got that ability to be able to look at what's coming at him, focus on the football, kind of have a plan for what he's going to do for that guy that he can see out of the corner of one eye uh, to at least get some positive yardage. And and again, statistically it shows that if your punt returner can go get you 7, 10 yards, 12 yards, uh, it just puts your offense in a much better position. Uh, here's another one from the text line, 69187, asks about Willie's interview. He says, I'm excited to think that the Raiders could go out and maybe get another guy in the DB like Chris Harris. Um, is, that a, is that a possibility? I, I, you know, I don't know what the possibilities are, but I think a lot of it will kind of hinge on, like, how is John Abram working with pass coverage? You know, how how strong do they feel that, you know, he can be on the field as long as possible? Um, and, and would they start looking in that realm for other guys like a, a Chris Harris, who who could be a ball hawk at times? And, and somebody can also, you know, be multiple as a DB as well as at corner. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. And uh, he's primarily, what, a, a cornerback, right? So, um, uh, you know, has he had safety? Does he play safety? I don't I don't um, necessarily uh, know that. I'm going to have to uh, check that out real quick. But um, I think Jonathan Abram, you know what you got in Jonathan Abram. Let's face it. You've got a guy that you got to play him close to the line of scrimmage. You can't ask him to do things that he's really not that good at, i.e., uh, covering large portions of the field uh, in pass coverage, especially in that two, day, two uh, deep safety kind of a look. He's better in the box safety position where you can take advantage of his toughness, his ruggedness, uh, his ability to, to tackle, his ability to go um, you know, hunt the ball uh, closer to the line of scrimmage. And from time to time, and statistically uh, he's pretty good at this, in the blitz game, I really would like to see Jonathan Abram be more activated uh, in the blitz game because he's got a knack to get uh, to the quarterback um, if, it, if it's not in a sack situation. Certainly, um, you know, uh, a, a presence that's coming at the quarterback that makes him, you know, have to either sidestep or look a different way or, or, or just fleetingly look at Jonathan Abram coming at him and just kind of affect the timing of it all. So uh, I think that's what you got in Jonathan Abram. Here's another one uh, real quick from uh, 69187. How much are the Raiders going to miss Alec Ingold? Uh, thank you, sir, madam, for the text. I don't know if, uh, you know, they, they, you're asking, like, who, who's going to get down and dirty? That was certainly missed when he wasn't there uh, during the middle of the year last year. Somebody who's going to get down and dirty for this team. Uh, Jakob Johnson, though, appears to fit that mold quite well. Yeah, he's a bigger version uh, of Alec, and I, I've been telling people this for a while. Um even you go back a couple of years ago in 2020 when when Alec uh, broke his ribs mm-hmm. um, against the Chargers, uh, it, he was never the same uh, the rest of that year. That was a painful, painful injury. Did I ever tell you the story about uh, him at uh, walkthrough the next week? Like, nobody nobody it, thought he was going to play, right? Yeah, no one thought he was going to play, and I was like, this is going to be like a, a, ver- a mess if yeah, he's going to keep he doing was, this. I talked to him shortly after the season. We went out to lunch, and... Uh, he was in so much pain, and oh, he's like, man. he goes, so so. It's the walkthrough, the very next week. It's the walkthrough, right? And he goes, I'm playing. He goes, I'm. There's just no question. I'm not going to play. So it, they're going through the walkthrough. He goes, I'd gotten through the week pretty well. You know, it was a painful sleeping on it. it everything was was painful, but I'd kind of gotten through it. And as they're going through the walkthrough, he sneezed. <laughs> And he goes, I'm on the floor, like pretty much crying at this point. 
Like, I'm on the ground. The trainers come running over there. They're thinking I'm having a heart attack or a something like that. A seizure of some kind, right? And they're like, what happened? He goes, I sneezed. They go, oh, you can't do that with a broken rib. <laughs> you know, don't, don't do that. Whatever you do, don't do that. Is But long story short, when you're talking about last year when he got hurt and then uh, previously uh, the year before when he got uh, the, the rib injury, last year's injury took him out for the rest of the season. The rib injury uh, completely curtailed him. Uh, where that really hurt the Raiders, you know, yes, the short yardage situations. Yes, you could even throw throw him the ball um, out of the uh, out of the backfield. But as a blocker, as the lead blocker um, for Josh Jacobs and and whoever else, he was a huge uh, part of that. And not having that physical toughness and that really just a guy that was dedicated to to blocking. I mean, he made that his life. Uh, the, the Raiders felt that. Now, jo- uh, Jakob Johnson, I think, is cut out of the same mold. So uh, will they miss uh, Alec? I think in a lot of ways because of his leadership and what he meant to that team and how he uh, fit into the whole scheme of things, yes. Uh, there's no doubt he was a captain. So, um, But I think from a from a uh, on-the-field uh, perspective, I think Jakob Johnson is going to be fine. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side and wrap this up here on Raider Nation Radio here on a beautiful and perfect Monday. It's Vinny and Clay. Let's go. Recently. Been on to punch away. So he drives it deep over the head of Harris. Let's see if they can pin it inside the 10. As good job by the coverage unit. Harris says, I'm going to play this because I can. And look at the return he gets. What a smart move by Harris as he gets free. Oh, How wow. about it, Raider Nation? Wow. Thanks to Fabian from RNR 920 AM Raiders 2K. He tweets in, I was there. I was there for that Dwayne Harris punt return touchdown against the Donks, and I knew the rule. What happened is that Denver tried to down that on the one yard line and it came free. They didn't they didn't hold on to the ball. And Harris was there right there. Johnny on the spot, picks it up, takes it for the touchdown, and uh quoted after the game. Uh, it's so awesome. Uh, Dwayne Harris Gucci says, you know, I've been trying to get that play all season. If everyone has ever seen me try to return inside the 10, I'm always trying to get that play. Yeah. As soon as he did it, I knew that opportunity was for me. Hey, 99-yard punt return, take it any way you can doesn't, find it. Doesn't get much better than that. And uh, those are such backbreakers for the other team and momentum changers, uh, especially in a close game. They could tilt the field uh, in, in your direction. I think the Raiders need more of that, whether it's special teams, your defense scoring, um, you know, uh, you got to manufacture, you got to get points in other uh, ways other than just your offense. It just helps so much if you can have an opportunistic defense uh, that gets some pick sixes or picks up a fumble uh, and takes it the yard uh, to, to, to score a touchdown for the defense. It just makes life a whole lot easier. We're going to wrap it up for today. Great stuff today from Vinny Bonsignor. It could all be seen up online on our podcast page at lvsportsnetwork.com our interviews with willie ramirez as well as raiderette tiffany mcneil and albert hall from the vegas summer league thanks again to q myers for the sound from chandler jones on joy joy with uh, the herd awesome stuff there all that'll be heard up on our podcast page also on itunes audible and on amazon tomorrow we'll talk to jason fitz as well as benjamin albright yes and uh marcus johnson all that and more tomorrow on a football packed tuesday it's raider nation radio rich eisen is next have a great day everybody hey guys it's your boy Vinny b from raider nation radio in the huddle guys i've been talking for months now about tat an affordable quality cbd cigarette well good news all tat products 
are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. Tat products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.